and welcome to edition 119 of On The Ball, the Noritity podcast that thought Atanasio's was an Italian restaurant in Newton Flotman. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic, and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, still burrowing, still borrowing, and holiday time. If you can work out what they are, well done. I'm not even sure. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests this evening. They are Norwich Number Wang Chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. We also have On the Ball's official random quizmaster generator. It is Ryan Lithermore. Good evening, everyone. I don't know why I've said Lither rather than Livermore there, but there we go. It's, like it's more of a question uh, for my education there. Uh, and finally, we have City Fan and Canaries Trust board member. It's Sarah Greaves. Hi, everyone. Welcome to you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everyone watching and listening to the podcast. Um, Steve, great hosting job last week. Thank you so much for um, making my absence absolutely irrelevant. Thank you. Uh, that wasn't my intention, and I don't, I, I'm not sure I did achieve that. But um, as you know, uh, all I strive for in life is uh, is your affection. So um, to have that at the, right, right at the very beginning of this pod uh, means I've already achieved what I wanted to tonight. Um, well, and hi to Ryan and Sarah, who I haven't had a chance to say hello to yet, because I literally came on eating my dinner. Uh, but well, I'm the reason we're late, really. Let's uh, let's not beat around the bush. No, so uh, apologies for the lateness. That's my fault. Not Michael's this time. It's usually Michael's fault. Mine tonight. <laughs> You're very kind. I think it was slightly my fault. But there we go. And it's always a pleasure to see you just eating. Really, Steve? It's always a good, it's always a good watch. Well, what you know. You, what yeah. did you eat? Yeah, what I was ha- I had a pesto pasta and a fillet of fish, which I just bunged in the mm. oven. Um, you're welcome around any time if you just want to watch me eat my dinner. Bit weird, but, you know. It's a weird combo. Yeah. <laughs> going? I mean, hang on, hang on. I want to, do, I want to unpack this. So as in like a McDonald's fillet of fish. <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 i forget that's a thing and it's a, a fish fillet a fish fillet what battered yeah, yeah. Breaded? battered yes okay. so like you know like a bird's eye you stick it in the freezer oh, yeah. you um you know like like bre- no no sorry not battered i mean breaded breaded, breaded okay it's important detail it's not one or the other uh, what's also, going on hang on Hang on. This is a month's worth of uh, nonsense yeah. that we're using up in the first five minutes. Here. Exactly. Yeah. This is good. This podcast is going to be four hours long. I haven't told anyone yet, have I? Um, <laughs> what fish? I mean, is it, is it like one of those? It's fish. I think it's from it's the just, water. Just plain, just plain cod. I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd maybe it's still a weird combo. It is a weird combo, but um, it, it, I don't know about those... that. No, I think there's a there's a it's the sort of thing you'd have got from Atanasio's in Newton Flotman, to be honest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe are, are you well steve i think that was the question <laughs> i'm well fed that's what i am <laughs> okay well that'll do what more does anyone want for goodness sake that's great ryan how are you i love your cap not uh, obviously the podcast thank you very much uh, listeners can't appreciate what is on the, what is on the cap is it a jurassic park cap it is oh, i'm cool. a ranger officially i'm not but uh, what it's a lovely cap it says i'm a ranger look i'm a park ranger you're an official jurassic park I am. That's how it Quite works. Quite a lot to unpack here, Ryan. I mean, have you been? <laughs> y- yes. Excellent. No, it's not real, Michael. <laughs> oh, whatever. I've seen the films. I mean, I just thought they were documentaries. Uh, well, I'm glad you're well. I'm already looking forward to the quiz. Um, and nice to see you are also, you've also got, um, you know, proper... Oh, so have you, Steve. You've both got, you know, um, Apple, iP- Apple iPod oh, yeah. headphones with cables. Mm-hmm. I thought they were... I thought it was... 
That does mean I should just buy a new pair, doesn't it, for my videos? Yeah, I definitely feel like I've been saying that for a while now. Oh, yes, I'm definitely making it into a thing. Um, Sarah, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, how long have you been up for today? I got up at 4.20. Why? Wow. <laughs> why? Yeah, why? To take a child to school to uh, get a coach for a oh, school okay. trip. That's oh, a good where are they going? Uh, they've gone to the Somme for GCSE wow. history for a couple of days so Ooh. big trip important trip worth getting up at 424 but I am quite uh delirious so this could be quite fun this is <laughs> this is going to be one hell of a podcast we've got so much to get through um for those watching us live uh on your chosen social media platform although not twitter because i can't read your tweets uh, we do also want to hear from you uh during the course of the podcast it can be on absolutely anything you can ask whatever you want and we will do our best to answer and and reflect and also share your comments uh so do that on youtube or facebook uh, and if you want to contribute to that but are not listening live that's fine too all you need to do is email us with your story or your comment or your observation and the email address for that is twitterkers at iCloud.com. That is Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Although, of course, once Twitter completely implodes through Elon Musk, um, we might have to come up with a different, I mean, a different Instagram. Oh, no, that doesn't work. Instacrackers. Insta uh, anyway, <laughs> I reckon we should talk about some football because I'm sure that will be better than this. Um, onwards with our headline act. Yes, our headline act. It was all going so well, yet somehow Norwich did manage to lose to Middlesbrough at Cower Road on Saturday. Uh, Dean Smith had said he wanted four points minimum from the two games leading up into the World Cup break. Norwich ended up with three points, of course, after the delirium of last weekend at Rotherham. Uh, Norwich are now nine points off championship leaders Burnley. They are also off. They are also nine points off Wigan who are in 23rd place or 22nd. Either way, the relegation zone. Norwich are as close to the leaders as they are to the bottom three. Uh, obviously, I'm slightly glib with that observation, but by the same token, Steve, it was not supposed to be like this, was it? Uh, I don't think it was, no. I mean, and it, normally it isn't, is it? We're normally, <laughs> normally. the ones who are um, blazing a trail. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to know to think how... Um, Saturday could have gone much worse for Dean Smith, I think. Um, and you said it in your intro, it was all going so well. Um, uh, on, on the pod for 25 last... minutes. For 25... Well, and before that, right? Like on the pod last week, um, Callum was saying like, this was a really optimistic podcast. And I think we all kind of were after that Rotherham game. So we really dug in and got a good win. Um, and they carried it over for the first 20, 25 minutes. The crowd was great. The crowd was actually behind them. Um, the football was really positive. The diamond seemed to be working. Ramsey and Sarah were linking up. Sargent took his goal really nicely. So how on earth did it unravel in the way it did? I'm still not really sure. Um, I don't think the substitutions helped, although some of them were enforced. But the rot set in kind of before that, really. And I think it has to come down to a malaise in the squad. And that is something that you put down to bad coaching. And if it was a one-off, you would say... Well, you know, maybe we'll be able to pick up again after the World Cup break. But unfortunately, it's not. We've seen it before when Norwich have started games well and just haven't been able to continue it. 
I think they started the game brilliantly on Saturday. Might have been the best 20 minutes they've played all season, but the second half was some of the worst they've played all season. So I can't equate that. Um, the goal, obviously, equalising goal was fantastic. No, you know, best goal they've conceded all season. Can't take anything away from that. And they, you know, on another day, they may have won it 1-0. But unfortunately, this is the championship. And uh, you can't put things down to chance like that because we know what happens. You get swallowed up by the pack. That's what's happening with Norwich City. And it's the case of... Do they want to make a change uh, over the over this month long break we've got now? I'm sure we'll discuss it. Got that question. Got that question coming up, Steve. Sorry, um, it's very interesting because I did. Uh, I mean, I saw it. I saw a league table and it was completely wrong because about two of the assumptions I then said later on in my video verdict were wrong. And I definitely seen them on the table. It wasn't. I sometimes I haven't checked or I've you know imagined things, but uh, you know that what I've said today is accurate because I did like check the table three or four times. Um, but I remember getting to half time thinking this is a really good performance, even though Middlesbrough had their had their elements to it and caused Norwich issues at times. In actual fact, the, the penalty area was quite well protected. Norwich were playing with a bit of energy. They looked like they were running out of steam towards the end of the half. Um, but Middlesbrough are a really good side. I, I really like them. I tip them. Oh, I was going to mention this later, but it's too late. <laughs> I, I tipped them as a dark horse for promotion at the start of the season. And then it just was rubbish. And obviously, Chris Wilder, I'm guessing, didn't really want to be there. And now he's not there. So it's not an issue. But um, I do think they were a good side. I thought they were moving the ball quite well and, and they seem to come with a real tempo and focus. And obviously they've got a lot of new manager bands at the moment as well. Um, and I just cannot get my head around just how bad their, their, almost their motivation, Ryan, seemed to be in the second half. They literally, you can say they were tired, but I don't, it wasn't that. They were just like, they were just stuck in a right. We're just going to block. And, and they just had no engagement in the game. And obviously everyone then just feeds off that. And you just then invite it on. I mean, Middlesbrough had a couple of opportunities before it where they could have caused um, caused some issues. Um, and then they didn't. And uh, obviously, once the game is 1-1, they get a little bit more towards trying to make something happen for themselves. But it's sort of gone by that point. You've got to be much more proactive, especially if you're trying to do what you think you're going to do this season. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, it, oh, it's sorry. been the, the same case. No, no, no. It's a, no. You're fine. The last <laughs> twenty-one games, or however many league games, it's just twenty-one, isn't it? There's yep. been such yes. a distinctive all twenty-one of them. All twenty-one. There's been such a distinctive lack of proactivity, and they they start the game very, very well. And for twenty, twenty-five minutes, as Steve said, they played the best football they've probably played all season. And then Middlesbrough were smart enough to sort of go, "Oh, that's how you're going to." do it is it okay well we'll counteract that now what are you going to do and they sort of just have this weird moment where they contemplate it for five minutes and then go we're just going to keep doing the same thing you've worked out for the next half an hour and hopefully we'll it'll get us over the line and Middlesbrough as you said Michael they the forced Norwich higher up the pitch as, as the game went on I thought they were really smart in their overloads in wide areas with um Giles and uh, Jones as well in particular and you had House and and Forgive me, who was sent to mid with Halston on Saturday? Was that Hackney? Riley McGree? Hayden no. Buckley as well, I think. Oh, and Hayden Hackney as well, yeah. Hackney, that was it. Yeah. So oh, sorry, it, was, it was Hayden Hackney, yeah. McGree was playing higher up. But so you had Halston and uh, Hackney occupying McLean and Sarah, and that allowed them to double up in the wide areas. And the amount of balls they got into the box, particularly in the, the lesser stages of that first half and the start of the second as well, it, it, you just knew what was coming because Norwich just didn't seem to be able to deal with it in, in any way shape or form and that's part of the problem is that they've just they they there is no there's no intelligence in in 
in when it comes to reacting to what the opposition is is doing. And if you want to be finishing in the top six at the very least in this league, you cannot cruise your way through a game expecting that oh we'll, we'll ride this out it's fine because teams will teams will find you out eventually that's just the nature of the game these days and lo and behold matt crooks props up pops up in the 92nd minute scoring a goal from those wide areas which which have been threatening the entire game and yes luke mcgree scores an absolute worldie like it's genuinely one of those goals where if you're playing fifa and someone scores it against you you throw the controller down like what can i do about that do you know what I mean? Like it's, it was that ridiculous of a goal, but everything, the lead up to it was just utterly, it was so passive, so passive. And you, there was no, like you said, no urgency, no determination in there. And it's, that's got to be down to the way it's, it's set up, surely. I, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I kind of have defended the point that this idea of a full 90 minute performance Sarah, I mean, it, I don't really agree with it because a complete ninety-minute, you know, a complete ninety-minute performance. I mean, it is very subjective. Like against Coventry, it was because Coventry were rubbish and Norwich did exactly what they needed to do over ninety minutes. And you can you can control a game without sort of going full pen, pelt for ninety minutes. I mean, again, obviously, you then thrash Huddersfield say two seasons ago seven nil, and people go, "Well, that was a complete ninety minutes performance." Well, no, they just thrashed a team that were not up to it on the day. So uh, it's maybe just that more of that control, but it. I, the, the the lack of engagement, I think, is probably the thing for me on, on Saturday. I mean, I don't know how you viewed it while you were sitting there watching it. Yeah, so I had a, a bit of a strange Saturday. I was looking forward to it, very optimistic after the pod last week, quite excited because I wasn't at Rotherham thinking, wow, this is it. They're finally playing amazing football. What a game this is going to be. Um, we got stuck on the A11. So we literally rocked up at the ground um, after that amazing 20 minutes was over. <laughs> oh, it was your fault. What changed? Yes. You arrived. <laughs> we arrived. We literally parked the car, got out, heard the cheer, which we assumed was the goal, ran to the ground. And um, yeah, so I don't know if it was the best 20 minutes all season or not. I'm assuming it is. And I'm gutted I missed it. But the <laughs> bit I saw just felt like every other game I've watched <laughs> oh, this oh, no. season right and when things started to not go their way or they weren't stopping the crosses or they weren't first to the ball they just didn't know what they wanted to do there was no one taking control of that team on the pitch the leadership I think within that group is lacking to start shouting at them and making them you don't hear the players communicate and the the stadium's pretty quiet at the moment so we would hear it right Mm -hmm. But there's no one sort of directing that play. You know, as Sergeant said himself, it was it was like we just got passive and like we need to change. Well, yeah, we can all see that, but you haven't managed to change for the last however many games. So I wish I'd have seen that 20 minutes because that might have made me feel jollier. No, but I, I didn't. I, but I didn't. And I sort of feel where I I'm where I was before the season started. I was fearful this year could be really hard going that we weren't looking cohesive enough as a team in the Premier League that we hadn't found our way we didn't know our style of play all that stuff everyone says and I was fearful would be like mid-table mediocrity maybe a bit lower and you know I was pleasantly surprised even though the performances weren't brilliant but that's probably because everybody else isn't brilliant either right but it feels like we're a mid-table mediocrity type team well, 
you know what? There's a couple of points I want to come back to that you've mentioned. Um, and that... Is it banning me from football now? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but you have kind of mentioned the point that I was going to come on to. So I'll try and come back to them if I can. But um, if you do look at the table, I mean, what I was going to ask what everyone's expectations were right now as, as, as they look at it. I mean, it's, it strikes me. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was before Burnley. And it might have been a few games before that. It might have been Preston or it might have been Luton or Cube or Stoke, maybe even. It was one of those games where I was... Into one, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can't. It'll be, on the, it'll be on the video verdict, whichever one it is. I remember just coming out and saying, right, looking at this now, this team is going to finish. If it's going to do anything this year, it's going to finish between third and sixth. And also might not finish in the top six, but that is where I think now I don't see them finishing in the top two uh, because I, or, or the target is to finish in the top six because that's what they look capable of. I mean, what strikes me is that Norwich played Rotherham who are kind of all right, but you know, they're going to finish in the bottom half of the table and they had enough to win the game. They play Middlesbrough who I think probably have it in them to finish above Norwich, but you know, will finish in the top half of the table, I would say. And they lost to them. And actually, there is this recurring theme of them. You know, they win against teams who are much poorer than them. And it's like, yes, we've turned a corner. Well, or you've played someone who isn't as good. And then when you do, you lose. Because, you know, the more teams you play, the more you find your level in the division. Still. Well, I, I think there is still something to be said for beating those teams. Like, well, Rotherham yeah. then went and won at Sheffield United on, on the following Tuesday, Wednesday. So, so you know, I, I don't think we, I think every game in this, at this level, you know, I, I agree. It would be nice to be able to beat the top teams. But if you put away all the bottom teams, you're still gaining points, right? I, I know it's not as impressive, but it's, it's still effective. What I would say is, had a little look. So we're, we're 32 points from 21 games. Is that right? Yes. Um, so, and at the moment we're fourth. Uh, if you extrapolate that over the season, we will get 70 points. Uh, and over the last 20 seasons, that's only been enough to get in the playoffs four times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fifth, also exactly fifth. Sorry, Steve. Oh, sorry, we're fifth. Okay, yeah, again, that's me carrying over the optimism from the last yeah. pod. I've given dial it down, place. Steve. Oh, Less sorry, of that. Sorry. Um, uh, and it's all 70 points is also, um, exactly what we got in the Alex Neal season before Daniel Farker when we finished ninth. Um, so if you were to ask me, what do I think we're roughly going to get? That that sort of feels like where we are um, under the current guys. Um, and I think the other thing is, while I do agree there's a lack of leadership, and I think that kind of goes back to just the way that the, the squad is at the moment, that team had Ben Gibson, Grant Hanley, Kenny McLean, Max Aarons at right back. He's been promoted twice. Tamey Pukki, Angus Gunn in goal. I mean, you know... I, any team can throw away a lead, right? But you would think that there was the experience on the pitch to know how to deal with that situation. And again, the equalising goal is a complete worldie, which we might not see again for quite a long time. But, I mean, it, 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 the mentality is not there. It's just well, not the, there. The goal itself is good. The lead up to the goal yes. is really yeah, yeah. bad. And yeah. the lead up yeah. for 15 minutes before the goal yes. was really bad. <laughs> and I think the, the the point about leadership, uh, there's a couple of questions here, actually, if I can. Uh, let's have a look. Nickel Nichols. Hey, Nickel Nichols. Need a strong voice on the pitch to lead them. If if not, they all just stand there looking lost. <laughs> uh, Mark Hilton agrees there, a lack of leadership. I've been arguing for two seasons now. Hanley is not a captain. Without the captaincy, he isn't worth starting over, over the days of Duncan Ford. See, I I, I don't um, I don't agree. I think he's been, you know, he was our captain when we got 97 points two years ago. Like, 
I mean, yeah, but then what isn't working because something isn't well, working? That that team are they all thinking oh, a lot of us, us are out of contracts at the end of the season? It doesn't really matter what happens. Their heart isn't anymore because they've been through it twice already. They haven't got the desire or the hunger because be they are better than the collective sum of our parts at the moment. These are Which, talented players yep. who actually are individually good one would still assume on the training pitch and maybe in the soccer bots, right? But somehow, <laughs> maybe the soccer bots to blame, I don't know. But somehow when they get on that pitch, they have this burst of 10, 15 minutes. You know, I've, I've seen it at some of the games I've been at, not as good, obviously, as Saturday. And then they just sort of fall to pieces. It's like, oh, that wasn't in the game plan. That wasn't on the post-it note on the dressing room floor that, they'd equalise. So what do we do now? I think um, what I, I was just going to say that um, it struck me, there was one moment where Gabby Sarah put a ball across his own midfield and it started, yeah. it set off, um, I think Ryan Giles had a shot at the end of it. And I looked at that and no one said anything. No one even, mm -hmm. none of the Norwich players said anything. They didn't speak to each other. They all just sort of walked back for the next phase. Mm. I and think the bloke behind just, said was, something. Yeah, well, lots of people <laughs> in the stand said things. But it is that. It's that It's that element of no one, uh, yeah, no one really taking that sort of element of responsibility. And I do think there's this curious situation with Norwich where Dean Smith has said it a lot and he actually took it to another level the other day where he's like the players get together before a game and they come up with the game plan together and then we as coaches get involved in that you know they are really really doing this whole you know the players are going to work together on what the what the tactical plan is for a game and obviously the coaches are going to facilitate it and it's up to them to solve problems on the pitch but still the coaches will add to that and obviously they're making decisions on the touchline too like changes and personnel and where that direction is so either it's not quite as straightforward as Dean's, Dean Smith is making out. But but if it is, I don't really see... It's very noble and great. And if the whole mentality of this season was we're developing a load of players, they didn't get it right, but that's okay because the next time we get together to come up with a game plan, we'll be fine. Great. But I don't. that doesn't strike me as a way of going about promotion <laughs> because you've just got to go and win some games and you've got to have that leadership. And for if, the, if it is a team that is supposed to be solving all these issues, they have got to look like they are talking to each other and doing it themselves. I mean, at the moment, no one's doing anything from what I can tell no. in terms and, and of on the pitch and dealing with it. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that game plan you talked about, where was it for that last six minutes about in time? You know, a few seasons ago, we'd have seen six minutes go up and everyone would have been like, they are going to win right? Mm -hmm. The six minutes went up and there was this collective sigh around the stadium of oh, now maybe Borough are going to go on and, and win and then, and then you know, they did there was just like to see six minutes where you're 1-1 and you know you need to win that game what what was the well, who and, and, the best, right? And the other thing, and sorry Ryan, I know anyone coming is, is that that is, that you know, letting the players take over is a huge departure from Daniel Farker's style yeah. of coaching you know, and, and they're not used to it. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, no. That's completely it. And it just, it just feels on and off the pitch at the moment that there's just this huge, overwhelming sense of apathy towards the whole the whole thing, from the, the fans to the coaching staff. It feels like everyone just sort of turns up now because they have to, like the players are playing because they have to and the coaching staff are letting the players get on with it. And it's such a contrast to where we were three, four years ago when we started this next chapter in Norwich City's history, where we 
we had a sporting director who came in with a philosophy and he got a coach to back up that philosophy and they dictated you know this this culture that was about getting everyone on side and having an exciting not just a team but a, a club you believed in and you wanted to get involved with and it, it was all about people who wanted to prove themselves and show that they were you know worthy of representing this football club and taking it to the next stage and now everyone sort of seems so indifferent and there's mm. in my opinion there's nothing worse in this in industry than that kind of apathy because at the very least if things are going very badly sometimes that can come full circle and sort of ignite a change but at the moment it's there's so much indifference at the moment and you, you talk to fans who, who usually would be so excited to go to the game like I, I have a bunch of my, me and my mates usually look for tickets every so often when our when our lifestyles uh, allow it but now it's just kind of like oh well you know if it's cheap well we might go along if they reduce the prices for a cup gain or something but <laughs> there's no desire to get that and that sounds really bad because we've i've you know like so many people have supported this club for tens and tens of years but i don't think i don't think it's it's not as bad as I've seen it before, but certainly the nosedive from where we were a few years ago, there's not been a downward trajectory like it in my lifetime supporting this club. And it's just, it's obviously such a shame to see, but it's just deflating and disheartening and it makes you not want to really be associated with it. You know, it's, it's such a, such a shame. I mean, the, the sorry, Michael, the other, the other thing is, I know you said we haven't, uh, you know, how can you judge what a good 90 minute performance is? And you, you're right, you know, it's difficult to play well over 90 minutes. When, have we had a single game this season where it's like, yeah, we, we really, we really played well there. We really played well across the game. There was no spell. I don't think we have. Maybe Millwall at home, possibly Rotherham away, where they were a little bit fortunate not to concede in the first 15 minutes. I genuinely don't think there's been a good performance this season and it's really difficult to get behind a team that's winning and not playing well. It's just instinctively you have this fear when you're going for promotion, it's not going to last. And I think I wasn't one of the people saying it's all going to go wrong, but a lot of people were and they may be proved to be right. Sorry, Michael, go ahead. No, no, I think um, I... I had a lot of people at work sort of telling, you know, ask me, oh, you'll be all right again next year, won't you, though? And then, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know. And I definitely wouldn't um, expect it. And so far, if I'm honest, we've, we've had this season what I was expecting, which is a real shame or what I was expecting. And that does feel a real shame because I think there was a period, obviously, where they were unbeaten and, and at least picking up the results where you looked at them and thought, yeah, these players have got it in them. And I think, like you say, Sarah, when you've got a group of players who are clearly very able and it's they're not looking like more than the sum of their parts, that only ever comes down to the coaches who are putting them together and working it all out. And if they're, if they're delegating some of that responsibility that's to the players, that's fine. But that is still the responsibility of the coaches. Which leads me on to this question. Uh, does anyone think Dean Smith won't be in charge come Swansea on December the 10th? He'll still be here. He's a double here. negative, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he, in the greatest respect, he shouldn't be, but he will be. Yeah. Okay. I'd, yeah. I don't get to answer that question because I've just asked it. So that's <laughs> fine. Um, a couple I'll of things. Ask you, what do you think? Uh, we've got a couple of questions here from Stephen. I've already said I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Stephen Pummel, uh, the mentality comes from the manager. So there we go. That's the mm -hmm. view mm -hmm. of the ones we got here. I'll try and uh, mop them up if I may. Joshua, hello, Joshua Shreve. What concerns me at heart is at halfway stage of season. I don't think Dean Smith knows his best eleven, preferred formation, or style of play. If no change after break, I will be DS out. But not there yet. 
Well, just just while, while we're on that, we haven't even talked about like the substitutions on Saturday, <laughs> which were diabolical. And I know that the Pookie thing, his hand was forced slightly, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt there. And I can sort of see the logic in bringing on Hernandez because we were getting deeper and deeper and we needed somebody to kind of spring yeah. us on the break. But to change it, to then ditch the diamond, which again, I can sort of see the logic on because it was, as Ryan says, leaving us vulnerable on the flanks. But we went back to a formation that just hasn't worked this season. And then by the end of the game, it was literally... And again, I know not all of this was his fault. It was Hernandez, Cantwell, Nunez on the right for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and Hugo up front. Yep. And how has how has that come to be? How can how can we finish a game like that? We, we've got one of the best squads in the league. I just yeah. Yeah. It, and you uh, I can't remember who left the comment, but they're right. Doesn't know his best eleven, I don't think. Can I can I ask a question? Why uh, Yes. As long as it's not the other one before. No. no. <laughs> Well, Michael, uh, no. Um, <laughs> I did that. What do we? So, um, do we playing devil's advocate here? Do we think Dean Smith does have a plan B per se? Because plan B just seems to be the exact same way of playing, but with people in slightly different positions than not used <laughs> to playing. You know, like I, I, when we went to four, when we went to four two three one on Saturday, it just didn't look, as Steve said, any different whatsoever to to the way we were playing before or, or the. The control of the ball was still lacking and it just looked as passive and without sounding too harsh as clueless as it did from the 25th minute onwards with the diamond you know i just want to know you got your guys thoughts on that uh, i mean my quick answer is plan b is throw on el hernandez on and hope that, <laughs> hope that something works out hope that one of his crosses hits the right player's head he's in the right place yeah yeah no yeah Plan, plan B on Saturday didn't work. They just looked no. even more lost, in a way, after the changes were made. I um, I actually don't... I, there's obviously an issue with, the co- with, with, with what this coaching setup is doing as a group of players and coaching staff. I feel like the biggest issue is a sense of responsibility for it. I, I feel like there's no players taking responsibility. There's a sort of a halfway house between who's coming up with what and who's doing what. And that team on the pitch looks like when it goes wrong, no one takes responsibility for it. And it's very hard for them, anyone to force the issue to get out of it. And it's just a, it's, it's for me, it's more of a, I always think when a head coach has been in charge for, for a long period of time, the team and everything starts looking in their kind of looks like uh, what they're creating, you know, and that, that can be very disciplined and, uh, or, uh, and very creative or very charismatic or the team sort of takes on a persona and the persona at the moment is one where, you know, everyone's sort of trying to figure stuff out, but no one's really coming up with any answers. And it's like, oh, we've hit a good bit. That's good. Oh, no, what's gone wrong now? I don't know. Ah, can you sort it out? Oh, no, we've lost. Oh, we've drawn. Well, we've won. It's great. Are we, are we doing all right? Does anyone know? I don't know. What are we trying to do? I don't know. I do. And I think that is not just a f- on the football pitch culture, if I'm honest, but maybe that's one for another well, day. Well, um, it, so, if, yeah. it, I mean, to identify the players who in this situation the only ones really if i can think back that aren't here that were two years ago are skip and buendia i may have missed some mm-hmm. but in terms of the players who are playing obviously cruel's not in the team but he's kind of i guess been part of the issue this season so that that only really you know and amy brilliant player but i don't you know he was probably one who needed controlling a bit more and skip was what 2021 20, so i wouldn't have expected him to necessarily be be leading in that sense so that kind of only leaves me to draw one conclusion with what the issue is there, because we know these players have done it before. 
and I, uh, what was I going to say there? I can't remember what I was going to say there. Oh, yes, because it, and again, uh, maybe a sl slight plug for my piece on The Athletic, which went up this morning from the game. But uh, there was a really interesting quote. Chris Gorham asked Dean Smith, um, and I think there's a, we'll have another question on this later, I think, because we've got one in. But you know, Dean Smith said he, he now has clarity on what he wants to see from his team after losing to Middlesbrough. He knows what he wants them to do. He wants them to be a different animal when they come back, which is obviously a fine thing to say. Yes, let's have a different animal when we come back at Swansea and then beyond. So Chris asked him, what is the... What is the biggest challenge to creating that different animal? And he said, it's the same problem as when I came in. We're not very good at winning the ball back sometimes. And to be honest, if you've been in charge for a year, yeah, and the issue that... is the same that it was when you got here, then that's not a very good job of solving the issue because the players are all different as well. Mm -hmm. And the only other point I wanted to make was that I feel a bit for Isaac Hayden because I saw Isaac Hayden on 42 Minutes he was absolutely mm -hmm. blowing. He was shattered. <laughs> he should have been off of it. He, and I, I hope that um, with him, he does get, you know, four weeks to really get in some some additional fitness. Because for me, he, he's obviously been needs yeah. must, but he mm -hmm. does clearly need he, to he really uh, get up to speed. That piece of furniture they were describing him as last week. <laughs> he looked like that on Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I missed that bit. Let's, let's carry on. He, he knows, um, just, sorry, just on Hayden quickly as well. Considering the guy's at 60, 70%, let's say, he's he's just a complete cut above everyone yeah. else in that team oh, as well, that, isn't he? At that level. So yeah, imagine yeah. if he somehow, you know, gets up to a, a point where he can actually perform. It's positive. There you go. Mm. We've got there 38 minutes in, whatever it is. So um, one of one of the positives. Oh my gosh, yes. No, oh, come on, Steve. Yeah. Steady on. Apart from that pass that set up Ryan Giles, I thought Sarah was good. Okay. I thought, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought he shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have come off when he did. I thought he had maybe his best game for us so far. Yeah. So, um, totally up he, to speed, getting it, getting the feel mm. of the championship. Yeah, 100%. So I used it as an example because it was the example that stuck in my head. But absolutely, I thought Sarah was excellent. Um, on the whole and I did do I, it was in my things we're not going to talk about actually how well he did and uh, there's a piece on the athletic off the back of the Rotherham game which I have obviously watched in full because I'm <laughs> relentless um, and it's a lovely bit on why why he is showing up much better which I think he is that's obviously just a hard one to sell off the back of a home defeat to Middlesbrough which uh, existed um, uh, only for 20 good minutes of football um how about other things we are not going to talk about obviously josh Sargent, he's not yeah. injured yeah yeah he's going yeah. to the world cup so uh i mean that was quite fun sort of oh no the, the hush around carrow road when he was down was quite amusing uh but not for josh but he's okay he's already in qatar mm -hmm. um qatar uh i don't yeah I, I have no inclination to be able to pronounce it properly to be honest but there we go uh so yeah he uh he's going to the world cup with the usa and they'll be playing england and wales at some point will will he get on the pitch i feel like he should someone else asked me that in the mix zone i um yeah i think he'll definitely go on the pitch i, don't, I think it's questionable whether he'll start yeah uh, he did start against japan and that was a pretty bad defeat for them mm. so i guess it'll depend uh, Greg, Greg Bertala, if that's how you pronounce Behol his name. Berhalter. Berhalter. Yeah, Berhalter. That's it. The Berhalter. T. I keep writing it wrong because the T is not in the place. I think it is. Berhalter. Greg Berhalter. Berhalter. Um, uh, yes. Uh, he, uh, what did he do? He said, I remember now, 
He said, "Well, there's an interview with Josh Sargent on the Athletic. Read that; it's lovely." Um, another, another plug. Another, another plug. <laughs> three and three minutes. It's like I've just scored three and three, three and three minutes, and I'm still going to lose four three by the end of this pod. Um, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Greg Berhalter said something interesting, which when he was sort of, "Why have you? Why, why Josh? Why have you gone Josh?" And he said, "Well, he plays in England a lot, so you know he, he obviously knows all about England, and we're going to come up against them." And I just thought. I wasn't, wouldn't have been the answer I'd have been hoping for. I'd have been like, his hold-up play been really good. He's looked really sharp this season. And mm. also, he might know some of the players. So I just desperately hope he's not gone because he's like knows he can like tip them off on some of the dark arts of England's top players from last season's Premier League experiences. But I am hopeful he'll get on the pitch. So yeah, He, he did also... He did also say uh, Greg Berhalter said bro a lot in that video. So Josh, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, managers of football teams saying bro just doesn't doesn't sit right for me somehow. What would what would you do if Dean Smith said bro? Sack yeah, him. The build up to build up to he's Swansea. gone. He's gone. That's the last straw for me. Okay. Well, at least we yeah. know what it is now, so that's good. Um, anything else? Anyone doesn't want to talk about? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the <laughs> AGM. Um, <laughs> Agreed. As as it's otherwise known, the absolute gigantic mess of a statement the club released (laughs) on the website, of which which sort of told us who was there, the topics of which were spoken about, but that was it really. No one else can know what happened there, and I guess we'll never know. You know, Pandora's box. Better not open it. Perfectly transparent to all the shareholders who were present. Ryan, I'm surprised that you are requiring more than that. Yeah. Um, can I just, I, I think, sorry, I, I feel like it's very, this has gone the other way now, but um, I think it's absolutely pathetic, <laughs> to be quite frank, from the club. Absolutely pathetic. Um, are these these do not reflect the views of anyone other than myself, but, you know, I just think, um, just as somebody that works in that industry, you work with the media, like, and I think it's an, it shows a complete arrogance yeah. to think that you're bigger than that. And uh, that's all. Yeah. I would like to clarify as well that my absolute gigantic mess comment is my comment as well. Not the views of anyone else. <laughs> yeah, uh, just so we can uh, keep that in this little box here. The way go. everything's going, I'll get blamed for it all anyway. No, 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 no. Completely, no, completely. No, I, I think. You no, know, I should keep entire control of this podcast. And, you know, I obviously I'm on the thinnest device anyway for all the masses of things I've done wrong. But um, all I did want to say at the... Uh, I, I was at the AGM. I am going to say, I was at the AGM. I got a shareholder proxy. Uh, no media was allowed to attend. I was not allowed in as a journalist. So in my view, uh, I thought it was very important that I got to hear what was said in the context that it was said in. So I um, managed to arrange for a proxy uh, to go as a shareholder proxy, which is good. I didn't actually vote on anything because I, I, I wasn't required to. I didn't need to. Um, so it was good to it was good to fill in uh, to, to just to listen to how things were discussed. Um, I didn't come away from it with anything particularly particularly insightful. I thought there was a really nice answer to um, to a question uh, where Tom Smith talked about why the club flies the pride flag above the city stand. It was a brilliant answer. It deserved to be made public. Uh, I'm surprised the club haven't made it public yet. And maybe they will at some point because that's exactly the sort of thing that they should be saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other thing I probably want to say is that there seemed to be a bit of confusion 
over whether head coach they were asked the top table were asked about whether head coaches why dean smith wasn't at the agm effectively because head coaches are usually there and then i think there was a bit of confusion because someone said that there, there had been no head coaches at Carrow road uh, at the agm uh, since Stuart Weber had been sporting director, to which the room went, well, that's not true. Uh, and then someone else stood up and said, well, no, no, Daniel Farker was at the first one under Stuart Weber, uh, to which people sort of went, mm. So I've checked it out because, you know, I feel like scrutiny and accountability and potentially accuracy are, can be quite useful traits. So just so we all know, and, you know, everyone does pay attention to this, Daniel Farker was at the AGM in 2017. He was also at the AGM in 2018, and he was also at the AGM in 2019. The 2020 AGM was on co uh, because of COVID, it was online. So there was no Daniel Farker at that one. He may have actually been in Germany at the time, to be honest, back home, I'm not sure. Uh, but he wasn't at that, uh, I believe. And then we've had two since where uh, Dean Smith has uh, not been at the AGM, which I guess is because they don't want the head coach there. And to be honest, shareholder meeting talking about all sorts of issues you don't necessarily have to have the head coach there i would actually believe that if you've got a sporting director who can address the football questions then that is probably sensible we do have a slightly different model at the football club now so just uh, just so no one's any rewriting history that is the facts of the matter um oh i've already said too much uh norwich city women yes i'm Very not the second round of the fa cup yeah i'm not going to talk about or talk about the, the women's team and uh, the club finally signing up to her game too. Oh, November 2022. We got there in the end. Very <laughs> long a process, but it's great good. that the club have finally signed. I think good six months or so after Ipswich, if not longer. Um, but I'm we, sure there's a really good reason for it, Sarah. And we, one day got, the club will share it with everyone. We got there in the end. And the women's team... They are just having a stunning season. Um, yes. Over 200 at the Nest on Sunday, which isn't their biggest crowd of the season, but it's still good compared to last season. So, like, I think their biggest this season has been 400-odd. Um, through to the next round, at home on the 27th of November against Sutton Caulfield Town. And exclusive news for the guys on the on the ball we've got, podcast and listeners. We've finally got an exclusive. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not Go on, let's pick it up. Um, the, the only exclusive we've ever had. I'm well, done, so I, I feel like it's just going to be the Except what I had for dinner. That was that was no. <laughs> the Canaries Trust, along with um, along along come Norwich, have secured uh, funding from uh, Fans for Diversity, which is part of the Football Supporters Association, and we're going to be running a free coach to the nest on the uh, 27th with pickup at Cow Road, dropping people off at the nest. Um, and then taking them back to Carroll Road at the end of the game. Um, the adverts for the sign-up should go live tomorrow once we know the kickoff time. So uh, if people are interested and want to come and watch the women's team in the next round of the FA Cup, then please sign up. You still have to buy your tickets, but the coach transportation will be free because we know the nest is in a bit of a funny spot. If you haven't got a car, there's no bus stop. It can be quite tricky to get to. So we really hope that the people go along and see what it's all about. Go support the women's team. That is fantastic. I'll definitely do that. And I, um, I, I, th oh, I would have liked to have gone. I don't think I'm around. I think I'm in London. It's World Cup, isn't it? You're in Lots Qatar. Of I'm not. In, <laughs> I'm not in. I'm not in. I'm not in queue. But um, 
Oh, that's brilliant. Definitely. Everyone. Well, exclusive, exclusive news here on On The Ball podcast. <laughs> Clip this out, everyone. Uh, get involved and get to see the women play in the in the second round. That will be, is it the second round of the FA Cup? That is the second, second round. round. Yep. So yeah. in the, if they get through to the next round, that's when the championship teams join. And the round after is when the Women's Super League join. Woof. Imagine that. Imagine that. You'd have to get them at Carroll Road for that one. You'd like to think that that will happen at some point, you know, when the when the yep. women's team can be uh, can be trusted with the atmosphere that will await them at Carroll Road, which was, I think, one of the concerns <laughs> as to why they haven't played there yet. But no, hopefully the women's team will be able to be trusted with that atmosphere and will play at Carroll Road. <laughs> For the record, they're not my words. I think it's ridiculous. And the sooner they play at Carroll Road, the better. So mm. I hope yeah. that gets sorted out. Gosh, I've gone rogue, haven't I, the last 15 minutes? <laughs> uh, anything um, anyone else doesn't want to talk about? I uh, don't want to talk about Madders getting in the World Cup squad. Um, I still think we can have a bit of ownership for him. Um, mm-hmm. Joins. We we'll get um, some money for it, to be honest, if he plays. Really? Will we? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, don't ask me. Ask the club. Ooh. They'll know. Ooh, new defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and Harry Kane can um, can swap, have chats about how great their time at Norwich City was <laughs> and in Qatar, can't they? Mm-hmm. But no, absolutely. I didn't actually think necessarily that he should have gone. But then when I saw his name in the 26, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely delighted. Oh, for the guys. I, so, I definitely I, did, and I still yeah. think Ivan Tony should have done as Tifo. No, no, but I've done the video all ten minutes. It's like it's an absolute open shut case. Well, I, I can't work out why. I, I feel like mm. it wasn't even between him and Callum Wilson. I feel like they both could have gone. Him and they do different things. If they if they lose on a penalty shootout, then you can wheel that video back out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. It was not just the penalty, Steve. There was another 10 minutes before that. Um, uh, yes, that's great. I, I mean, there was a bit of a worry, obviously, over James Madison's uh, yeah. injury because the, mm-hmm. the tweets were popping through. But um, I feel like I know James a little bit. And I, I imagine there was a bit of him going, oh, I've scored here. We're doing all right. I'll be, I'll be right. <laughs> and it was because they won 2-0. Everything was fine. Well done, James. I'm so chuffed for him. He's a, he's a, he's a great lad in so many ways. So And a very very good footballer i really mm. hope he gets to come on and show it because that's the the next part of the uh, dynamic anything else we don't want to talk about there's a lot there we shouldn't have talked about uh, um, just a quick one why were um the middlesbrough goal scorers so exercised by like the the family in phil between the nmp <laughs> and the south <laughs> we sit right there it must have been us you know there was yeah, there was yeah. a lot of like come on as if as if yeah maybe maybe it was you so maybe they saw you walking in twenty minutes late and were like exactly do they not love the borough I don't know <laughs> I just didn't get it oh I love it okay well I think that's probably enough of all that stuff um we've got a few other messages there so I'll oh, come back to those in a minute but make sure <laughs> yeah what else we got um oh Nodge City introducing the world the Winter World Cup musical <laughs> anyone can play Qatar boom. <laughs> Is a is that a Radiohead in reference, or is that is it is it a wider song of not one that I know, but I thought that could be. Infers, but maybe maybe it's something else as well. Um, uh, let's. What else have we got? Uh, Neil Austin. Oh no, did I say this on the podcast or on the blurb before? I think it was the blurb before, wasn't it? Because I yes, uh, for those listening on the podcast, my wife has gone out tonight uh, to the cinema, and I have two young boys who are asleep but they could just interrupt the podcast at any time. Neil Austin asks, 
important question. What is Mrs. B's choice of film? Well, tonight, I believe she's going to see uh, Black Panther 2. Is that Ooh. the official term the kids use? <laughs> Wakanda forever? Is that it? We were watching uh, Black Panther 1. Is that the right term? Um, last night, uh, Sunday night. Um, oh, yeah? For the first time, just to make sure she'd you know seen that one before she went off to cinema. So there you go. Any, a little any, insight into uh, Bailey? Any good Shea film Bailey. references for for this season? I can only think of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's literally all I've got for you. But um, if answers in the comments, please for appropriate films to. Oh, love great work, Steve. Yes, mm. uh, the, the appropriate Steve. film to watch over the World Cup break. If you don't like World Cup football, yeah. or maybe you're boycotting Qatar. Or just to sum up this season generally, Titanic. Sum up this season. (laughs) Oh, wow. Steve, sorry, that's banned. Um, (laughs) Canary Jedi. Love Michael Bailey. If he was in Star Wars, he would be C3PO for sure. Is that, that's really bad. Is that rude? No, that's good. No, no. I'd really, I'd really. No, that's that, really. Um, I didn't like. He's so whiny. I've uh, C3PO. I mean, does anyone like C3PO? <laughs> if you're going to go mean, through all the characters in Star Wars, is that the one you'd want to add? It's not. Does that make me R2D2? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that yes, would make a lot more it sense. Does. That, that random whistling. You, oh, I'm going to have some fun on Photoshop later. You've got the. Uh, <laughs> you send me that poster, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Um, oh, that's a proper question. Uh, spoon meat, breaded fish, or pas- and pasta? Question mark. Oh, yeah, that's from earlier for your dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there I'm, we go. I'm I can't remember. Taking, what... I'm not taking food tips off someone whose name is Spoon Meat. <laughs> <laughs> that could There's be all sorts of problems with that username. Yeah, well, let's just, yeah. Let's just not have an explanation, please. Um, <laughs> okay. to, to make this not about football, let's carry on. Ted Silwood, Michael, where's your Pink Floyd poster? Great question. Uh, it's just round the corridor, but it is still definitely up in my house. Which obviously only means something to people who are in my house. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> Pink, Pink Floyd um, poster still, still exists. Um, oh, and Nodge City's been back in with a good one. And this is a good one. Maybe you could get some answers before the end oh, of the podcast. Anyone can think about it. DS, that's Dean Smith, said that we need to be a different animal after the break. Please suggest your preferred animal. So which animal, which different animal do we want Norwich to be? Can we be a hibernating bear so we just stay inside until the spring? <sighs> Uh, I think we'd be out of the playoff picture by then. That's the problem. It's not going to be very useful. I don't want to see that animal. I think we've started that hibernation already, haven't we? Um, Are there any animals that um, eat swans on the basis that we've got swans to eat the first game after the break? They belong to the king. The animal kingdom doesn't abide by any rules, though, Sarah, right? I just don't know if they're alike. Fox, an urban fox. That would be. It's got to be, yeah. It's got to be about more than one game, Steve. That's the thing. I mean, like, what happens? What happens <laughs> one game at a time, Swansea? Michael. <laughs> it's like, one game at a time. It's got to be something more robust. Yeah. Um, a big old grizzly bear. A Tyrannosaurus Rex in honor yeah. of, of right. no, Velociraptors in honor Ooh, of Ryan's cat. Good. A whole swarm, <laughs> flock, herd, school, <laughs> pack, group, pack <laughs> flight of Velociraptors. This is the most fun I've ever had doing the podcast. Let's crack on with um, the next section, which, if I recall, is a bit of uh, is a bit of Super John. This is almost fantasy football. 
Oh, yes. Isn't all football fantasy? Hey, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, so uh, we've got no real football to talk about, although I haven't decided yet whether the next podcast is going to be before Swansea or after. It's a bit of a difficult... So we, we could sort of tee up Swansea, but we've also got a World Cup, obviously. So uh, what are we all doing for the World Cup? Anyone doing something fun? Anyone? Or are we just off for four weeks in a living room waiting for Christmas? Anyone? <laughs> uh, Ryan, what are you doing? Um, will you be watching? I will watch some of the games from the Excellent. corner of my eye, but I'm not as invested in this World Cup as I am other ones for obvious reasons. Not to put a dampener on the whole thing, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. I have a uh, yes. I, I it, it's um, for the first time in long. I, you know, my wife asked me like, "What are your thoughts on?" It? She doesn't normally ask me any thoughts on football. She doesn't care, and, and that's really grounding because football can be very consuming. So it's lovely that no one cares in this house. And um, she was like, what are your thoughts about the World Cup? And I think my thoughts were, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing getting into the politics of who should go to a tournament and, you know, should Russia be going? Are they banned? Should Ukraine go, but Iran not go because of all that? That's a very difficult, different political argument. But to obviously give a World Cup to a country where football isn't for everyone, life kind of isn't for everyone, uh, is, is a bit rank. And I can completely mm. understand. Now, I think as a sporting event, and, you know, I saw Gary Neville kind of getting a bit beaten up for this. And, you know, Ian on, on Have I Got News For You? And Ian Hislop was asking him a fair set of questions. And that's right. And Ian Hislop hates football. So it's, it's probably fair enough that he just does I, I do believe there is a sporting entity in of the football World Cup that is brilliant and brings so many people together. And actually, if... I do stuff with the World Cup as a you know a journalist and as a, someone in the media who is wants to cover it because I love football and it's just the best football jamboree for, for every four years. But I can sit there and say that the amount of people who died building the stadiums is a disgrace and that something should change because no country should operate like that. Or if I say that if someone is homosexual or trans or whichever and they're not comfortable or safe in a country, that's a disgrace. I will say that as well. And that they're the things that I would want to highlight and I would hope get highlighted. It might not change anything because with any country, you're dealing with a completely set, separate set of rules, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and cultures and it's incredibly complex, but that's just my view. I, I'm, I'm tolerant and I, I want to see, I want to see the best of everyone involved in anything. And I, FIFA say football is for everyone and they've picked a country for the world cup where it isn't. And I think that's disgraceful. Yeah. Um, so I will just try and share both views as much yeah. as I can. And I didn't quite say that to my wife, but I wish I had because it was quite eloquent. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Qatar will be signing up to her game too anytime soon, right? <laughs> oh my god! You, no. you just sort it's of not, think. No, I'm sure it's funny. Of, yeah. You know, of all the the progress that's been made in this country, and even there's there's still work to do uh, around discrimination at grounds, over sexism and racism and homo homophobia. You just think that there has been progress and football is is a welcoming place pretty much for everyone. Yes, there's still work to do, but but Qatar is not not you know, if I was there, could I even go to a game on my own without a male relative with me? I'm not sure I could. I checked mm. the rules and the guidelines. I couldn't be walking around and just go and watch a football match. And that doesn't feel to me like that is where a World Cup should be taking place. Yes, I will watch the game. Yes, we've got our wall chart up because the kids are interested. They're picking who's going to win which groups and who's going to get through. But is my heart in it in the way it has been in other World Cups? N no, it is not. I mean, the like uh, you've already touched on it, Michael, but obviously 
it being given to Qatar is uh, directly contradictory to FIFA's code of ethics, which, as you say, states that football is for everyone and it's a country that does not allow people who are LGBTQ plus and like that in and of itself is a total joke. Uh, the fact it's had to be moved to November is, you know, that on its own would be ridiculous, but it's the human rights side of it um that is most disgusting and of all the things that we've actually got angry about annoyed about today this is the one you know this is the thing that really matters because this is people's lives we're talking about um Mm -hmm. and no if i'm totally honest i won't be going as far as hodgie said he would last week i will be watching the games um and i think it's ridiculous that we have to be making that moral choice as people who enjoy the game of football um but yeah it's um it's, in, it's incredibly sad. We're not going to change anything talking about it on this podcast, but, no. you know. It's, but I, uh... I just hope the players continue to state what they believe in and wear the, the rainbow captain armband and do the things that they can to show that they mm. are aware of the issues and they're representing all of their fans. But FIFA have said get on with the football, so... Uh, <sighs> only, only yeah. Yeah. Everyone get on with the football. Yeah, yeah just get on with it. Can we not just play football now? Well, I tell you what, I mean... we yeah. uh, Rainbow I'm... kits, why not? Yes, right. Um, in terms of the football, uh, are we looking forward to seeing anyone? Obviously, Josh, but any Josh, anyone else? Yeah. Any 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 countries? I've got my world chart up here. Oh yeah, there's a lot of countries on that. Yeah, <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Interesting. Um, England. Wales, Brazil. Brazil's Brazil, always fun. They're always good. I see what yep, Germany. Now, that might be quite an interesting mm. team. Uh, yeah. No Emmy um, Wendier in the Argentina squad. I think no, Argentina might be good. Lionel Messi win a World mm-hmm. Cup, then he'll actually be good. I wonder what Ronaldo will be up to in that Portuguese team now after his. Wow. Hopefully, his doing seven. daily interviews. Yes. That would be good. Am I? Am I still a United player? No. Oh. Is yeah. uh, Is Shemi Hatta, uh still? Is it, did he make the Poland squad? That's I know a, he was there that long ago. It's a great question. I haven't checked. I he's haven't seen it, which def, definitely makes me think no. I mean, he's, been, what, in, no, he's been injured, hasn't he, uh, most of the mm. season, I think. So I be, would be surprised. Very. It will be, well, I remember, it will be very good to see Ericsson about, back on the pitch for Denmark. Absolutely. Yes. That could be the highlight. Uh, there is definitely Levin, uh, Robert Lewandowski. Yes, uh, he uh, is Christian in there. Bielik, but Shemi is not no, in there. Suave Poeta, which is still a name I love saying. And a bit like, you know, Jakob Sernsen, who I haven't had the chance oh, to say. Oh, very good. would be proud of you. And um, uh, Chavitsa Kavaratskelia is my favourite name to say because I've been practising that a lot. And he's the mm-hmm. wonderful Napoli player um, that I got to, uh, that I got mm. to look into as well. Anyway, uh, cool. Yeah, well, that's the World Cup. That's going uh, <laughs> to be exciting. I think we've covered that. It's we're going to watch. Guide. We're going to sort of watch some football and we're going to do it through sort of like, mm. and uh, yeah, uh, I've got to sort of half keep an eye, a little bit of uh, athletic background noise here. I've got to sort of sort of keep an eye on Cameroon. Oh, are they your team? Are they your assigned oh, team? No. Something happens. I kind of need to be across it. How many Canadian players from, from my study in Norwich? <laughs> so wish me luck. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I've predicted they'll get out of their group, so let's see. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because their group is, <laughs> I <should laughs> definitely know this off the top of my head. They are actually, Brazil. Cameroon, um, are actually not in Brazil's group, but it was a good guess, Steve, because Cameroon are actually in, I can't we'll find them there. on my wall. I think they're with Brazil, Where Brazil, are Serbia, they? Brazil, Serbia, group Switzerland, G, group, group G. G. Group G. There we go. I've gone all partridge. They're in group G. <laughs> <laughs> with Switzerland, Brazil. Oh, they are in Brazil's group. Oh, and Serbia. They're playing Brazil. Cameroon are playing Brazil. That's a good girl. If we're watching that. And Your Cameroon correspondent here. Well, apparently Cameroon. Let's hope they go out early. Cameroon, Cameroon are playing Switzerland, Brazil, and Serbia. That's going to be great. Wow. Good, yeah. good luck to them, I say. Look forward to following that and uh, all the news. Are you are you sort of secretly uh, hoping they go Hopefully, no early. one I know is watching this at work. <laughs> Are you hoping no they go out early so you get a you get a bit of a break? Well, I mean, um, African sides, I don't think they've done so well at recent World Cups, have they? And there's obviously the question of whether they'll ever get to a final or because they've been in the semis once or twice, I think. That sure would be a good thing. I'm now stating facts I don't know are true. I'm not sure they ever have. That would be a good thing to happen this year, I think, if an African team Brilliant were to get to a semis. Brilliant facts about Cameroon's manager yesterday in the comments. That he struggled to pronounce his players' names apparently yesterday in the press conference. Fantastic. Rigobert song. I know that. Um <laughs> I, I I think to be fair, I it depends out. I mean Switzerland have got a few fitness issues. I'm now trying to sound like I do know what I'm talking about. I think they'll come uh, second. They've got a chance. Yeah, no, I think they've got I have I would agree. I, I think they should finish above Serbia and uh, and and Switzerland have got some fitness issues. So um so, yeah, I think they've got a really good chance of qualifying. Brian and Burma um, is from Cameroon apparently. Yes. I did know that. Yes, Brian and Burma is on the squad. Do you need us to send you facts? No, it's fine. I've got loads of them. But I'm trying to save them for later. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's the World Cup. Hope you all enjoy that. Um, should be great. Uh, don't go to Qatar. Um, right. And then, of course, Norwich come back. Now, they come back after the group stages, I think, if I've got that right. Quarterfinal day. Is it quarterfinal day? And I, by all accounts, these games are not getting moved. It's just the championship just starts. So off we all go. Uh, where Norwich will be reunited with Russell Martin oh. at Swansea. I mean, I know how I felt about Norwich going to Vincent Company's all lovely, passing the ball wonderfully, Burnley, and exactly what that was going to look like for 90 minutes. I have exactly the same feelings going to Swansea. Norwich might win. But the whole premise of what the game will be is mm. just very obvious. Mm. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah, everyone? Yeah. It'd be nice to see Russ again. I mean, we might be reunited with him sooner than that. You never know. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I mean, that's a wishful thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, forget the question. Do, really. We need the different mm. animal uh, for Norwich to come back as. And kill um, the swans. Uh, to kill the swans, <laughs> but also... Kill them swans. With something more... <laughs> Uh, with something more, you know, long, a bit more longevity as well. Joshua Shreve is a mythical, but a phoenix. Oh, who has? Who has? Joshua Shreve. Rising from the ashes. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I forgot you can put comments up, Steve. Sorry, I just took it down. Yes, thanks. You do that job. Why am I even doing it? Go, go. I kept quiet until now. Yeah, phoenix from the flames. That kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah, that'd be good. I I have no idea how that's going to go. I have said this before, but it is a, it's literally at the same time if England win their group mm -hmm. and get to the quarterfinals mm -hmm. as England's quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. So given the choice, um, this is probably a question for Ryan and Sarah, <laughs> seeing as you'll probably have to work it, Michael, which would you be watching? Let's say England play, I don't know, France in the quarterfinal and Norwich are playing at Swansea. Are you, and you, have, you can only watch one. Oh, 
I might just go for a nap <laughs> and, and wake up and whatever happens, happens. I might go watch an under-11s game or something. Sounds good. Okay, I feel like I've asked the wrong two people that question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I guess if England can play on that day, then presumably so can Wales. Also true. Yeah. So, Maybe um, I'll watch that one. I mean, I, I find it weird that the game wouldn't possibly be moved, but I guess they've all decided that that's just not going to happen. So mm. so there we go. Um, Robert Marsh says, uh, Josh, to get a hat-trick against England. So there we go. That would be that would be something. I'll tell you what that would be. That would be a sale in January. <laughs> no, in <laughs> fact, that is what that would be. That would need to put a bet on. Uh, yes, quite. Um, okay, so yeah, that's all good. Uh, I have no idea if we'll come back before I've oh, we've been going a long time. This is a long podcast, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, um, what else have we got? Um, wow, Josh just said Conor Gallagher wasted selection. Why not take Tony? Yeah, that was maybe one that surprised me that Conor Gallagher was going, but um, there we go. Oh, we've got some good film suggestions here. Mm -hmm. Um, a bridge too far. It's been nice. <laughs> some of nice. most of the so far. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Marsh again. Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's good. Uh, I think they're the only ones we've got maybe out of there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just checking through the messages. I think we're okay. There may be one or two more that we'll run through. Let's do that. But in the meantime, I reckon we move on to Kenny Other Business. Kenny, Kenny's out of contract in the, in the summer. So maybe well, we'll need a new pun. I mean, that would yeah. be the second because it was Emmy other business before, then <laughs> Kenny other business. So this pun is going to become something of a poison chalice uh, if Kenny oh, does leave. But maybe, maybe um, Kenny won't leave. On the Bamadeli other business. Bamadeli <laughs> <laughs> other business. That's all. easy for you to say. Um, I think our primary any other business tonight is your quiz, Ryan. It's time for yes. everybody. Hello. Sit down. I know you've been going a long time, but this is the last podcast for three weeks. So exactly. It is time for Ryan's quiz. With Thank you very host, much. Ryan Livermore. Thank you very much. This is a game I call What Do You Mean, Ask Cumminum? Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a... F f it's already a strong start. It's gone. Should we just end there? Let's yes. Just carry goodbye. <laughs> if that's not your mum again, is it? I'm sure one of them was an impression of your oh, mum yes. previously. Oh, yeah. I, I... Every single... I swear my mum has called up Canary Call more times than I would like to admit at some point. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be a fastest finger first quiz. And the premise is very simple. I'm going to read you three facts, one at a time, about a Norwich City player current or previous who has had a world club call a world cup call up at some point you have to guess who it is now you can shout out your answer as soon as the first fact has been read if you're confident but if you get the answer wrong you'll be then frozen out leaving the other competitors with a chance to steal does that make sense yes yeah it does. Be last. don't let me go first i need to see it in action okay so I'm going the first the fact the, okay. steve's gonna win yeah okay. steve will win so fact number one I made my professional debut against my first club's local rival, winning man of the match. Oh, I know that. Mm? Do you want to do you want to you buzz in? Green. Correct. Okay. Well Robert done. Green. That's one point to Michael. My goodness me. Okay. Draw against Ipswich. I was there. That's Carry the on. That. Absolutely. I'm glad we didn't get to the end because his last clue was I'm often now asked to display my wonky finger. Which I wanted to get to. But... Oh, you've said it now, Ryan. So that's good. There we go. Okay. Uh, next player. 
I managed a total of zero goals in five games during my spell at Norwich City. Oh. Yes, Sarah. Is it Kane? It is Kane. Yes. Correct. So there's a brilliant nice piece work. on The Athletic about Harry Kane's five games at Norwich City. <laughs> 5,000 words. I tell you what, that's awesome. It's so good. Carry on. Okay, next one. Next player. I made my professional debut for a Premier League club at the age of 18. I have won the Barry Butler Trophy. Ooh. Oh, jeez. I played a total of one minute at a World Cup, but I was responsible for my team reaching the semi-finals of that competition. Oh, uh, Tim Cole. Yes, Steve. Correct. Well yeah. done. Oh, well done. Nice. Well done. God, that's a great get. Oh, one apiece. One apiece. One, one across the board. Got two questions left, and I have no tiebreaker. So if we draw, hey. Okay, next one. I also have a Barry Butler trophy to my name during my one full season at Norwich City. Matters. Yes, Steve. Oh, Great yeah. one. Well done. Okay, there's pressure on Sarah and Michael now. Okay, this is the easiest one as well. I made almost a thousand appearances over the course of my illustrious career, including 67 caps for my country. I was an inaugural member of Norwich City's Hall of Fame and was awarded an MBE during my time at the club. Oh, I missed the start of the first question, so... It was Ma so Martin Peters. Yeah. Correct, Michael. Oh. Uh, or or well Ian, Peters, as, as Ian Peters. Ian Peters. Ian Peters. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> well, I thought that quiz would take a while, but you've all just steamed through uh, it. Congratulations. Well, the problem is not many Norwich players have played at a World Cup. <laughs> it's a limited thing. pool. This is the thing. But, but oh, it's, well. um, uh, you know what? It's still a wonderful well done. Man, good work. Great oh, quiz. Right. So I even got one right after being up for like however many hours. Uh, in fairness, I'm surprised you haven't fallen asleep yet, to be honest. So there we go. It's the amazing chat, guys. <laughs> amazing. the most fun you've ever had, Michael. Yeah, I did say that, didn't yeah. I? On a, on a podcast. I hope I did clarify that, but maybe I didn't. Um, I think I've gone through uh, all the messages. Why not? I'm sure, yeah. Uh, brilliant. Ryan, thank you for the quiz. Well, round of applause for Ryan. Well done, everyone. That was, that's why you're our quiz master, Ryan. It will never change. Thank you. Um, uh, was some other let's go through the final messages and wrap these up neil luther do you think we are playing poorly as so many players are out of contract this summer pookie todd mm. kenny mclean jordan hugill kieran dow everyone a few mm. others sam byram mm -hmm. i don't think it helps and it does no. sound like some of the players themselves were a little bit surprised so many players were out of contract in the yeah. summer so uh but then can the there's a piece on that on the athletic by the way, <laughs> as well <laughs> can the argument then not be while well, these players are playing for either their futures here or elsewhere yeah. so there's more incentive for them to yes mm. that is always that is always the um the argument ryan you're right mm. yeah and i don't think it really has got much to do with that mm. um one thing i forgot to mention which was on my list i think i don't think we mentioned it did we um on my list for things we're not going to talk about um paul fracas how long before we see atanasio's cash of course um how have we not? I don't know. I, it was on my list, and we obviously just got so um, involved in all the other stuff we didn't mention it. But yeah, Mark Atanasio and his son uh, Mike and their respective wives have all been in Norwich over the uh, past few days. They were at the AGM on Thursday evening, which was interesting, and they were at the game on Saturday. Uh, they have done some media. Um, Mark Atanasio has spoken with uh, Phil Daly of BBC Radio Norfolk, so go and give that a listen. 
and also both Mark and Mike Atanasio have done the Talk Norwich City podcast and video like this um, with the with with Jack and Chris, uh, which I managed to watch in full before I came on because I thought that was important and it's really interesting. It's good work, and if you are interested in what they have to say, then you should go and listen to it um, and watch. As well, there is obviously a piece on Mark Atanasio on the Athletic, on on on, and I don't think there's much in that that um, you know contradicts anything that's coming out at the moment. I think, I think uh, Mark is is a clever man, and I think he's managing to not let on too much. You know, he's 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 answering things without really giving us proper detail. And there's obviously a lot of things that they want to help out with in the club, and it's really interesting. You know, Norwich have already got ten million pounds of his money. Um, it's just not very clear yet where that is going. I'm sure it'll all become clear at some point and maybe there will be more, but uh, I guess it's a work in progress, isn't it? Sarah, what do you think about the whole situation? And did um, you see the interview as well? I, I've nearly reached the end. So, <laughs> so I've nearly got to the end of it. Um, I thought they came across really well. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that develops over time. What's going to happen when they get more difficult questions, perhaps over time when, People start really digging into what they're doing, how involved they become. But from what he's saying and how the two of them come across, and I thought it was quite interesting, it was the two of them who spoke with um, Jack and Chris, actually. Uh, I thought they were, you know, they're sports fans. They seem quite embedded in the club already. They seem very interested in how things are operating. They're quite interested in the the nest and the facilities. I think they even mentioned the soccer ball. Got to get it in again. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be an interesting time. I don't think any of us know where this is going to really end or, or where that journey will take us. But I didn't sort of watch that video and think, why are these guys investing in my club? I watched it and thought, oh, this is interesting that these guys want to invest in my club. What's this going to do? I think I've had that. I've felt like I've had that view since it all started uh, coming to my conscious that uh, there's a lot to play. There are no real, there's the agreement of the shares that's obviously in place in terms of the seven years, the repayment if they don't mm -hmm. turn it into shares and the, that financial issue, which again, no one's really, uh, you know, given an opinion on that. And they're obviously trying to just sort of say, ah, oh, it'll be all right when we're one way or another, which is, you know, fine. Um, but it, it, there is obviously there's no agreements in place as to what really happens as the next step, from what I can tell. And maybe there are, and they're really secret, and no one's saying it. But it does seem a little bit more like fluid and just this involvement, and let's see what happens. And um, but there is obviously an intention, I think, for for people to get more involved if in they can. But for that to happen, it requires other people to be less involved, and then you're wondering if they do. So. I, as you say, I think we could be in for, for a very, one way or another, it's going to be a very interesting year or three or four or five or six mm -hmm. or seven. And um, I think it would be naive to think that the situation the club is in won't play a part in that as well. I like uh, the fact that um, our rival podcast, well, they're not really rivals, but one of the yeah, other major Norwich City podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not, no, but just, you know, one of the other big Norwich <laughs> respect. Damn you, Jack and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> turf war, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're going to get me in trouble with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just burning fire and i'm sat here in the middle going it's fine my point um, was going to be that they were talking to mark atanasio today while for the first five minutes of this podcast we were discussing what type of fish one of the panelists right had for oh come on you say it's hey give right. the people what they want give what, the people what they I, want. what i want before the end of the season we need to get the atanasios on this and steve can talk to them about fish for about yeah, 10 yeah. minutes and we'll see how that goes Yes. I'm not. I'm not coming on. You can do. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I would. I would add to the point again. I think this probably needs mentioning as well that I, I do agree with you, Sarah. I thought they did come across very well uh, on the TNC uh, pod with the boys, and Jack and Chris did a good job with it as well. And um, I, I do find it really interesting in in what they um, can offer and could could make a difference too i'm really interested to find out what that is and how they will go about it and uh, uh, you know as someone who's been around the football club since you know whenever 1980 blah uh you know that's uh, that's a very interesting dynamic and so good on them we'll see how that all uh how that all develops mm-hmm. i suppose won't we that'll be good uh any more uh any more queer well Ted Ted Silwood. In future, the Women's World Cup should be awarded to the, at the same time as the men's to the same country. Mm-hmm. Not allowed to get one without the other. I like that idea. It's a good That's idea. Good point. Like that. Yeah. Uh, Neil Luther, do you even know? <laughs> I've added even where Cameroon is on the map, Michael. Well, it's in Africa, isn't it? Is there an athletic piece about that? <laughs> what? what about where they are? About where Cameroon is on the map. Or the fact that I've my search for where it is. My search for Cameroon. Oh, by the yeah, way, my colleague's road Miller. trip to Cameroon. That would be great. That would be good. That's a, well, that's a BBC my, Two series in the making. My colleagues, my colleagues, Nick Miller and Laurie Whitwell, are currently in a car traveling from London to <laughs> Qatar. Uh, well, yeah. via, via planes, trains, and all—they're doing the lot. But they are going from one to the other. I think as soon as they get there, they have—they'll get there before the World Cup kicks off. World Cup kicks off, and then they're going to travel home. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to see any football, but they're going to have one hell of a trip, and they are having one hell of a trip. So, um, without wishing to, uh, you know, flog the dead horse too much, there's loads of good stuff about their road trip on the Athletic. <laughs> obviously, um, I think we might well be done here, uh, surely. Um, what else have we got? Neil Luther, firefighting Bailey. Don't even know what it means, but it's great. Um, Putting out the fires and also, starting, I think. That's yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, Neil, <laughs> there's too many fires. I'm just burning. Uh, has the 10 million pounds not gone to Michael Fulger? No. So this will be clarified. I mean, it's in the piece in the athletic, but I'll also clarify it for you here. So, um, Michael Fulger sold his shares, um, his stake in the club. Uh, which are ordinary shares, to Mark Atanasio and his backers, whoever they are. Uh, he sold them for, I, I believe, around 3 million quid. Um, but there are obviously questions then over how much that prices each individual share at and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's gone to Michael Folger, roughly about that match, I think. Um, and then he has invested, uh, then he has given basically the club 10 million pounds so Norwich didn't, wouldn't have got any money from that. That would have just been three million quid to Michael Folger. Folger gives Atanasio shares done. It's actually got nothing to do with the football club, hilariously. Um, but as part of it, because Michael Folger wanted the club to benefit and the club wanted to be involved in the process, there is also an agreement that uh, Mark Atanasio has given the club a £10 million. It's kind of effectively a loan because it buys a set of shares that aren't shares that 
contribute to the stake in the club. They're just like vouchers, really. And um, at the end of seven years, those vouchers either get cashed in for actual shares that would then dilute other shareholdings and give Mark Atanasio and his people more shares, or Norwich have to give him the 10 million quid back plus a load of interest that's been mm-hmm. rolled up over the course of seven years, I think to mm-hmm. the tune of another six, seven million quid. But again, the details are in the piece. So that's one of the debating points really is that in seven years time, it's either going to have cost Norwich 17 million quid, bearing in mind if they don't end up back in the Premier League between now and then, that is probably more than a whole year of season, season ticket revenue because I think that's about 10, 11 million quid. So maybe roughly I'm making figures up here from, from past knowledge, but it's a lot of money. Um, or he's going to have a really big chunk of the club and then it becomes debatable, whatever happens, blah, blah, blah. So uh, no, it's the short answer. Um, the, the 10 million quid has gone to the club and they have to decide what they want to do with it. But they also have to bear in mind that in seven years time, they might have to give that money back plus interest. Is that all right, Sarah? Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Well, this has been a remarkably productive uh, question uh, as a podcast. Josh, Josh Shreve's still here, Joshua. Where's the Leroy Fair question? Well, what would be the question there? Uh, or like, what would be Dutchman. the clue? Didn't Dutchman he um, headed home? Didn't he keep a horse in like a flat upstairs in his house when he was in Holland or something like that? That would be uh, <laughs> that would be your first one. Let's and hope then... that's what it was. Yeah, let's <laughs> definitely hope. That is what it was. Hopefully somebody can verify that because otherwise... Definitely a horse. (laughs) Uh, Robert Marsh. Jared Bowen should have gone to the World Cup too, but not obviously Mm -hmm. ahead of Ivan Tony. Also, he hasn't been so good this year, has he? I wouldn't have said. Um, Dan Greengrass. Any signings in January? No, there's No. no money. Unless they sell someone and then they will spend less money than they sell the player for. Josh, when he scores that hat trick. <laughs> so enjoy. Yeah, to be honest, indeed. Um, oh, and Sam Cornell. has Sam. You guys managing to get any downtime during the World Cup? <laughs> Anyone? Uh, so, Steve, will you get some downtime during the World Cup? We get, get a- I mean, as far as I, mean, I, I literally just do this podcast and send some <laughs> tweets. In, in, uh, I mean, I do have a job. So you but, you um... really should get a job. <laughs> this doesn't pay you anything. This is all I have. It's all I have um yeah so i mean as far as downtime goes for me i just won't be doing this on on mondays but um <laughs> so you've I'll got mondays three monday I've evenings got, three monday those monday we'll be celebrating england's first win next monday surely is that when they're playing hang on yeah. let me check my uh that one nil win playing. over iran <laughs> yep one nil win over iran who are they playing iran yeah one mm. o'clock isn't it ivan tony hat trick oh no <laughs> um right that's good ryan are you getting any work any uh are you going back to jurassic park i suppose i am yeah i'm working at the park over this it's the bit busiest time of year you see at the park so the those dinosaurs won't dinosaur themselves <laughs> <laughs> oh sarah how about you uh well the women's games are carrying on right exactly right too true so there's still women's football happening so uh, no so no nice. downtime really but yeah, at least no sort of traffic jams on the A11 on the way to Carroll Road. So that's stopped for a few weeks. Uh, well, I, I hope you have a good time. Anyway, <laughs> um, I uh, I have not got four weeks off. I know that much. Uh, we're doing loads of World Cup stuff at the Athletic. And I am oh, doing you. some All of it. it on Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> I am doing some of the stuff. Very small amount of stuff but enough to keep me probably 
busy enough over four weeks to not have had a break. Your 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 goal over the break, Michael, is to yes. try and get Seb Basong mentioned as many times as you can throughout oh, the four weeks. On the athletic, or yeah. just where? Where do I mention him? Oh, on the athletic, yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's good. I'll just that's a good challenge. I'll just Seb Basong. <laughs> uh, yes, I will do that. That's a um, yes. Maybe that's all I'm going to have. Um, um, here we go. Robert Marsh is he's off to watch Bromley rather than watching the World Cup. Mm. You know what? Go it. There, there's still loads of local mm. football going on and and under the levels. Yeah. So do it. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. I feel like it's worth saying, isn't it, that as you said, women's football, non-league football, still still going on. Mm. Support your local teams, grassroots as well. At all and we should send best wishes to Alex at Both FC. You had that horrific accident in their game mm. against Dulwich Hamlet. Yes, indeed. Week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Best wishes. Well, we're talking of non-league, yeah. Um, right. Last message, Neil Luther. Do you work for the Athletic, Michael? I'm yeah. not sure he does. Um, There's yes, a piece on that on the Athletic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I when I got the job, I wrote a piece. Uh, it's not the local media. It's not. It's the Athletic. It's not Archant. It's the Athletic. So just what a that. twist that would be if you you didn't work for them after all. <laughs> it's all the, the perfect way to end this pod, wouldn't it? They haven't paid me in three years, but I just wanted to sustain it. The <laughs> illusion. Um, right. I think quite literally there is nothing else to say <laughs> on this. Uh, that is it for uh, another on the ball, the Norwich City podcast, whose idea of warm weather at the end of this month is a tamper with the central heating. Uh, nice. If you get to do... I thought that was good. That's, That's good. good. That is good. Nice. <laughs> too, strong, too strong script bits, I thought, today. Go out with you a may, You made me, made me raise my game. Of course, I'm undoing it all now by talking about it. Uh, if you get to do so, please make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast via your podcast player of choice. The pod is also free for everyone on your usual player. And we are streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. Uh, so have a search and you will almost certainly find them, I would like to think. Uh, ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast and ask any questions or topic proposals or maybe get you know agreement to do something, I'm not, I'm very easy. But if you do want to get in touch, then send me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, as for this evening, for just the most wonderful podcast. Uh, I would like to say a huge thank you to our guests this evening. They are Sarah Greaves. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Go get some sleep. Yep. Brilliant. Can't wait. It's literally just going to keel over and <laughs> sleep. Uh, good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on and, and, and joining us. Uh, Ryan, the quiz was wonderful. You are wonderful. Thank you so much as always. Thank you very much. Sorry for getting you in trouble with the AGM stuff. Oh, no. No, I'm already in trouble. It's fine. I shouldn't turn up to these things. I should know my place. Uh, Steve, um, always a pleasure. Um, let's do it again. The other side of the World Cup break. I hope so. I'll miss it terribly. And sorry for getting you in even more trouble with the AGM stuff. There is. Um, I look forward to seeing your Cameroon work, though. That's, that's oh, yeah, me too. So do I. So do I. I. Back now, I think. Do you have a do you have a spreadsheet for Cameroon, Steve? <laughs> we'll talk. Let's talk. Hey, let's take, let's take it offline. Let's take it offline. Um, right, uh, that's wonderful. I love these guys. I love you all. Thank you all much for for watching. Uh, we'll be back uh, in December, either before or after the trip to Swansea, when we figure it out uh, for another edition of the On the Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, and maybe this goes specifically for me. <laughs> never mind the danger. <laughs> <laughs>